Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, welcome aboard the Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler here, my friend Joel Brzezinski. We're glad you're with us. Growingingrace.org. If you're a new listener, you can find past archived programs there. Still, I guess, at, at the time of this recording, going back about 13 plus years of material on there. Uh, the most recent ones will be first. And uh, we hope you'll maybe check some of them out because well, I think one thing you will find over the years is that we've had a, a fairly consistent message when it comes to God's grace. And if if you're somebody that's uh, just looking for some instructions on, on how to be a, a better Christian, how to be more holy, more righteous, more acceptable to God, this probably isn't what you're looking for in that sense. However, the good news for you and us and uh, really everybody who's got the ears to hear is that God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. So the finished work of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed, all of that brought to us the things that were needed for us to be back in a fellowship with God and in a covenant with him. The covenant was made between God the Father and God the Son, but he brought us into the covenant. Jesus is that covenant. We're in him. He's in us. In other words, what, what we're trying to tell you uh, on this Growing in Grace podcast is relax, rest easy. We're under grace. We're not under law. That's some of the stuff that we talk about here. All right. That's exactly it. And kind of maybe think of it this way that say you go to a I don't know, maybe a place that you work or your church or or somewhere where food is provided for free. Other people have provided the food, and you're invited to come along. Maybe it's going out to dinner with somebody or whatever, and there's nothing for you to do except show up. And that's what God has done for us. He's prepared everything. The work is complete. He's finished it, and he invites us to come to it. He doesn't ask that we pay our part, our share. He doesn't ask that we do anything. He says, come and enjoy it. That, that's, that's what life in Christ is about. And yet so many people show up to this dinner and they say, well, here's, here's what I've got. You know, um, here, accept some change or here's my donation. Here, I, I want to play. I, I've got to play some part in this. God says, no, for one thing, you can't afford this. <laughs> You can't afford what I've provided for you. The blood of Jesus afforded what I'm giving you. You can't match that. You can't come anywhere close to that. So just come in, sit down, look at all this food, look at all the drink, look at everything that I provided for you. Just come and enjoy. That's really what life in Christ is about. And yeah, so, it's kind of like a like a wedding. Right? It's a wedding feast. It is. It's a, it's a big wedding feast. Uh, that we are in, all invited to, whosoever is invited. And all you got to do is just show up and enjoy it. You know, that is God's will for us, for each and every person. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And what repentance is, is a change of mind. Instead of 
trying to pay for this meal by yourself, which is what the Jewish people were doing. They were being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness by what they did. They were ignorant of God's righteousness. And he says, you need to repent. You need to change your thinking. You need to understand that this is a free gift. This is something you can't earn. You can't earn this with what you do. So change your mind, repent, and believe the good news, and come and have a seat. You, the people of Israel, Jewish people, you are invited, and guess what? The whole rest of the world is invited too. All those Gentiles all throughout the world, they are invited too. The only thing you got to do is show up and enjoy it. That's really what God's will is for everybody. He wants people to just come and enjoy the meal. So we get caught up, I know, uh, sometimes. I know I've been there. We've talked a little bit about it the last couple weeks, that we're thinking, okay, what's God's will for me? What is God's specific will for me? I need to know what God's will is for me. And so many places in the Scriptures talk about how God's will was that Christ, he, he prepared a body, Christ died for our sin, and his blood was shed. Jesus Christ came to do the will of God, and thankfully, for our sakes, it was enough. So God's will for us is to simply be in Christ. It's just a beautiful thing when you realize that it's that simple. (laughs) There's nothing we can add to it or take away from it. What do you think about that? Yes, I think that is all true. And we can go home now. Um, Oh, wait, we already are home. Um, Joel, when Jesus talked about in this thing that we call the Lord's Prayer, he he had just told during the Sermon on the Mount, he had just told the Jewish people that were there listening to him, basically his disciples, of which there were quite a few at that time. He just basically had given them a hopeless message that they could not attain salvation through their works by the law of Moses, they, they couldn't. I mean, he, he told them, he basically told them in Matthew 5, you can't do this, mm-hmm. and you're doomed. He, he, he ministered hopelessness and despair. And then he began to tell them, with that in mind, he began to tell them, here's how you should pray. And he began to tell the Jewish people of that time how they should pray, that God's will would be done, that the kingdom would, would come, Remember when Jesus said, if I'm, if I'm doing these works by the Spirit of God or, or by the power of God, then the kingdom has come upon you. It's, come, it's, 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 it's in your midst. Um, it has arrived. And the book of Hebrews tells us that we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Uh, but Jesus was telling them, you need to pray that God's will is done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. What, would, what was he referring to? He was re- referring to the sacrifice of Christ as explained by the writer of Hebrews, especially in Hebrews 10, um, but you can also go back to Hebrews 9, 8, and 7 for that matter, but he kind of hits the the high mark in in Hebrews 10. The, The will of God was to have an old covenant removed and a new covenant established with this sacrifice. Jesus came to do the will of God. And he talked about that in the, in the Gospel of John, too. I'm, I'm the bread that came from heaven to do the will of God. And that will was to have that sacrifice take place for the redemption of all humankind to those who would receive it. And in, in the middle of all that, even though that prayer uh, that Jesus shared with his disciples in Matthew 6, even though that was meant for, that was meant for the Jewish people of that time to pray that that will would be done so that they could 
receive the redemption that they were seeking, but it could not be provided through the law. And then in numerous places, Jesus talked about, as you were referring to, the the Gentiles would be brought and invited to this wedding feast. Uh, The Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, which is over 99% of the world. I was looking up something, though, here in, in relation to all of this and some of what you talked about last week with the will of God and some of what we've been talking about here in the last few minutes. In Colossians chapter 1, see, sometimes this is why we got to be careful about versology. Versology is the study of trying to just wrap up an entire thought, even an, an, an entire doctrine, from one Bible verse. You know, we just jump from one verse to the next, and we pull up a verse, and we think, oh. Uh, so, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And so from the day, and this is what Paul is saying here, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, uh, increasing in the knowledge of God. But Joel, sometimes people will take verse 9 that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And you were talking before, even last week, about some people, how they had to, you know, actually stop and begin to pray with each other in a store before they bought a table. Or somebody else who, you know, you were getting ready to go into a restaurant, they decided, well, let's pray and seek God's will, whether we should walk into this restaurant. I just think that that's a bondage. If you keep reading, from Colossians 1, 9, and, and look a little bit further down, instead of just getting caught up with a verse here and there, uh, we'll begin to see that Paul kind of sums this up about the will of God and the, the mystery of his will. Paul says, I, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is what? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery of his will, as Paul is describing it and described it earlier in the chapter, the mystery is no longer a mystery. It's it's something that's been revealed, and that is Christ in you, the hope of glory, not just for the Jewish race anymore, but for all people. And so I just wanted to point that out, Joel, when it comes to the Word of God uh, and, and the will of God. Paul said that uh, it's really the, the, the will of God for all people to be saved and and to come to the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> and, and so it's being saved is one thing, and coming to a, a better understanding about the, the knowledge of the, of the truth is, is another. So just some things for people to ponder when it comes to the will of God. Right. And this is my heartfelt deep belief that what God has done for us is meant to free us up and take us out of bondage. Whether we were in the bondage of the law, like the Jews were, uh, whether we were in the bondage of not knowing God, which the Gentiles were, without God, without any hope in this world, what God has done for us is meant to free us what he did restored the fellowship of humanity with God. Those who believe in him 
no longer perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. That's what God has done for us. Now, in Christianity, we've made this thing into such bondage for people. I've always got to be seeking the will of God. I've always got to know which step to take every single moment of my life. For some people, it's that extreme. For some people, it's just big decisions in life. They want to make sure that they know God's will. And, And there's nothing wrong with was seeking God about things, asking him for wisdom, asking him for direction, and things like that. But when it's, when it's bondage for us, that's not what God wants for us. I don't believe that that's God's will. I don't believe that it's God's will to always be asking him what his will is, if you understand, <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it's God's will that we're in Christ, and that we know the truth, and that we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. But the main thing is that we're in Christ. And once we're in Christ, we're in God's will. He's got us, and we've got him, and it's an eternal relationship. And so I I do believe that what he wants us to do is to enjoy all that he's given us. Well, a listener has sent us an email asking about uh, the topic of Christian laws and rules. (laughs) Someone struggling to keep what either he has come up with or what the church has come up with regarding Christian laws and rules. Now, if you've been taught a rules-based religion and the pressure is on you to work at being sanctified and accepted by God, blessed by God, forgiven, and so on and so forth, you might find some freedom next week as we talk about this uh, whole idea of Christian laws and rules next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.